Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. We are joined today by Catherine McKenzie Smith, who is a business coach and a strategist for introverts and highly sensitive souls. She is a ideas alchemist, energy and soul medicine practitioner, and she is the host of the popular League of Extraordinary Introverts podcast. I am so excited you are here, and I can't wait to see where our conversation leads to because I know we have so much to talk about. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to talk to you as well. I would love for you to start off telling us a little bit about your story or your background and how you got started as a business coach and strategist. It's such a funny winding road of how we sometimes stumble into these things. And I sometimes think of myself as an accidental entrepreneur because I had never really thought about starting my own business. So I started my career working in television. That was something that I think everyone goes through this when you're a teenager and they sit you down at school and say, okay, now you have to pick your subjects for your senior year and that's going to determine what you get into at university and then that's going to be your life for the next 40 years. And I just loved movies and TV and that sort of thing. So I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. Fast forward to being in my early and mid-20s and working in TV in Australia and moving to Sydney where a lot of our film and TV industry is based. I just randomly started a blog. It was like the height of the blogging, you know, 2008, 2010, when blogging was like the greatest thing ever. Just starting that to share with my friends and family back home what I was up to. But that led to finding a group of bloggers here in Sydney and starting to see that there were way bigger opportunities online for business, content creation, coaching, and all of those sorts of things. So it led me down this winding path that I never would have ended up on if I hadn't moved to a new city to pursue my TV career and fell into the blogging and business side of things from there. And it just evolved over the years to what it is today. It's so true what you said about like who at 17 knows what they're going to want to do for the rest of their lives. It's a lot of pressure, especially if you're a socially anxious, overthinking, introverted type. Yeah, like nobody wants to make that decision at that age. It's so tough. I didn't know that you started as a blogger. That's really interesting. What was your blog about initially? And did you go into it thinking that this could actually make me money or was that more like a hobby that you started with? So my first blog was called Through My Looking Glass and it was basically a lifestyle blog. I sort of stumbled upon Elsie and Emma from A Beautiful Mess. I don't know if you're familiar with 
their blog. So it was like around the time of Pinterest and early Instagram, these incredible women who were doing this sort of artsy, crafty, amazing stuff. And whilst that was never really an artsy, crafty kind of person, I just got so in love with this idea of the creative outlet of blogging and writing, which was something I always loved. I worked in reality TV and it hadn't really ended up being the creative path that I had envisioned, I guess, when I was 16, 17 years old. And so for me, it was like a creative outlet. It was a way that I could go around this new city and take photos and share stories and that sort of thing. The blogging space revolved really fast around that time. So yeah, it started as this creative outlet and then became a real possibility and a real option to take it and create my own business and so burnt out working in TV because it's such an extroverted industry and the thought of being able to do something quietly in my own space, in my own time, working one-on-one with people from home just sort of became such a reality in terms of, oh, this is something that I could actually do. This is really possible for me. Yeah, it was an interesting one, but definitely was not my intention when I got into it. When you said the name of your blog, that sounds pretty familiar to me. So it's entirely possible because I was really big in the blogging industry around that time too. And like I would less so my own blog, more so checking out other blogs and all the lifestyle blogs, all the fashion blogs. So I might've been on your blog years ago. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. It's just so wild. Even just hearing you say that, I'm thinking about like every day you'd go around and check all your favorite blogs and you'd have your subscription kind of feed on blogger that you could go and check out everyone's blogs. It was a different time. It was a simpler time, maybe. (laughs) Yes, it was. Oh, that is amazing. What made you transition into business coaching? Again, was a really natural kind of progression because I sort of didn't know what I wanted to do when I started to think of it as starting a business. Then a friend of mine told me about this amazing woman in Australia who was starting her own coaching academy. So I had done B school and so that has sort of started to get the juices flowing in terms of what I could do and what opportunities and options were out there. Then, yeah, a friend told me about someone, her coach that was starting a coaching academy. So I kind of enrolled in that. And because I was one of the first people in her program, it just became that I started coaching a lot of people that were moving through that. And then I became a trainer for her program. So I was coming into contact with a lot of people. I thought I was going to be a coach for people who were like me in their late twenties, starting to realize that their career dreams weren't what they thought they were going to be. And they were starting to work out what their next option was. Suddenly after a year of working with people, I started to notice that I was talking to everyone about being introverted, everyone about their energy and how they were showing up online and even just having the capacity to do that. So just like 10 plus years of working in different kinds of businesses and learning all these different strategies and ways of doing things. I love content because that links so directly with my TV experience. Creating content online is just so in alignment with those skills that it all just sort of came together and it made sense that it just evolved into supporting introverted people as they're starting to navigate the online business world, using things like their content 
deep and meaningful content as a way to actually connect with people and share their stories and show their expertise without feeling like they're trying to sell all of the time and do little social media posts that are going to be like, buy my thing, buy my thing, and how they can actually use things like podcasts, videos, long-form blog posts to share their expertise, to share their mission and their values and the things that they actually are really passionate about as a result just naturally start to build a community of people who really align with that. So it just sort of evolved out of this mismatch of experience that I had had over the years and the things that I just naturally knew and have learned and have invested in myself to be able to create this way of supporting people who are like me, but they have no idea where to start and they haven't had maybe the experiences that I've had and learned the things that I've learned. That's so beautiful how you said about evolving. I think a lot of people in the online business space, that tends to be what happens is like, I don't think a lot of people wake up one morning and are like, I'm going to be a business coach. It's more of a slow growth progression pivots along the way. And I think that is really powerful because you've learned all of these lessons and different strategies and methods along the way that are going to help you be an effective coach too. Absolutely. What is your favorite marketing platform as we talk about marketing for introverts? Like what is your favorite for your business? Such a great question. (laughs) They all have different benefits, I think. I've started to expand out and play more in different spaces in the last couple of years. I actually think that podcasting is the best format for introverts to be able to have deep and meaningful conversations like we're having in a really safe one-on-one way. And it's 9.30 in the morning where I am and it's not stressing to have the hair and makeup and everything ready to go and the energy that it takes to do video. There's no space to overthink everything like we might with written content. I love being able to connect with people in this way that you can on podcasts that I just don't know if you necessarily can in other ways, in the same way anyway. So I personally am a huge fan of podcasting as a way of being able to talk about your work, being able to talk to people who are in alignment and have similar audiences, but do it in a way that feels really natural and not trying to necessarily be constantly promoting something, actually just talking about the things that you're passionate about and knowing that that's going to resonate with some people and not with others. So podcasting, absolutely, as what I call like pillar content as a longer form kind of content. And then I would have once upon a time, and I know you're a big Pinterest person, and so I loved Pinterest so much for so many years. I'm not sure about some of the changes if I love it as much these days as I used to, but it's definitely another great introvert-friendly platform. Then Instagram just always will have my heart because I don't know what it is about Instagram. I just keep coming back to it time and time again. It's a great place to share ideas and build a community, again, in a way that doesn't feel super draining to me as long as I'm not spending too much time scrolling on there. 
I feel like that was a really long-winded answer and definitely not just one thing, but (laughs) it's really hard to choose. That was really good points for each platform. So I love that. And I know what you're saying about Pinterest for sure. It's definitely not what it once was. It's still a great platform, but I mean, especially if you're newer getting on Pinterest, it's going to take longer. You might get discouraged in the meantime, if you're not getting the results, it was, I wouldn't say easier a few years ago, but it was definitely a little bit quicker to get results. (laughs) Whereas now it's super long if you're, but you have to have patience with it. It can definitely be a good platform. And that goes for every platform. I think I talk to people all the time who are just starting out on Instagram, like, oh, how am I ever going to find people? It's like, there is just so much content on there now. And the number of people creating in ratio to the number of people consuming is pretty much on path. It's going to be harder to cut through all of that noise these days, but it does require a level of patience. I think it's the same on YouTube. It's the same on Facebook. It doesn't matter where you are. As soon as something has been around for a while and there's lots of people realizing that it's such a great engine to get their stuff in front of people, I think everything takes a bit of patience and persistence. Yeah. Consistency is key, no matter what platform. (laughs) Keep showing up even when no one else is and eventually you'll start to see results. It's just that it's an uphill climb. I definitely think it's just keep showing up. So you've talked about the three P's that you need to survive in business. And one of them is persistence and patience. And finally, passion. I think all of that applies for everything in business, but especially marketing, like we were saying. Absolutely. It takes time to, I say the same things over and over again, but I say this to clients all of the time that there is no one answer. And I'm sure you find this as well with all the amazing things that you do. There's no one answer. There is no steps to success. You can pick any platform. You can pick any format and you'll see there are people out there who have success doing that thing. And everyone's teaching the thing that has been successful for them. But at the end of the day, it takes so much trial and error and tweaking things and evolving them and learning new information and being adaptable every time the algorithms change or the platform changes, actually just being playful and curious about it instead of exactly like I just did with Pinterest. Like, oh, I don't like it as much as I used to (laughs) because it's changed now. But actually just having the open-mindedness to know these platforms are doing what they're doing to serve their purpose. And if we love them and we want to build a community there, actually investing the time and energy into adapting and evolving how we're showing up there to work in alignment with the way the platform works now. I think there's a lot of, oh, you just do this and then you're good to go. And it's like, um, ah, that hasn't been my experience. My experience has been try new things, see what works, tweak it, try it again and keep doing that until you find something. And then something will probably change again. And then you've got to do it all again. And that's just being in business and doing marketing, you know? I think the only constant when it comes to online marketing is that there's going to be constant changes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know that that can be hard for us as more introverted people because that unknown can lead to a lot of overwhelm, overthinking and worrying about posting or sharing in this way. If we can find ways to work with that and work around it, that can really help 
with the only thing that's certain is that there will definitely be change. That's something to find not comfort necessarily with, but the truth of it, I think. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like a lot of, especially introverts, we put way too much pressure on ourselves with every single thing we put out. That's going to be a quick way to burnout and frustration. And I love what you said about testing and playing with things. Just not taking the content that you're putting out and everything you're doing, like, don't take it too seriously. You don't have to focus in on like, oh, I got 10 less likes on this post. It doesn't need to be that specific. It's definitely the thing that I hear the most, like, oh, well, what do I do if someone says this? And what about this? It's so easy to fixate and focus and worry about things that haven't even happened yet. I always ask, what if you posting that in the way that you wrote it while you were in that flow state actually connects with someone in a way that they've never felt seen before in that way, or it was exactly what they needed to hear today, or it was just the thing that shifted something in their mind that helped them take another step forward or try something new. Every time we post something that gives us an opportunity to reach people who are aligned with our values, with our mission, with the things that we can support them with, or they're looking for those answers. And every time we're worrying about like, oh, but what if someone says something? Or what if people don't like it? Or what if it doesn't get any likes? It's like, yeah, but what if one person got something really valuable out of that? What responsibility do we have to keep showing up and sharing that versus worrying about ourselves and some terrible situation that we've made up in our heads, if we can shift that narrative a little bit to think about, well, what if that doesn't happen? What if this actually really helps even just one person? Would that be me showing up in alignment for the work that I'm here to do in a way that is exactly what I want from this work, from this business? That's such a powerful thing is if you're showing up authentically, that feels good to you and then also to your audience. I feel like with social media, sometimes we can get caught up in the vanity metrics. It really comes down to quality over quantity. I would rather have help two people with a post than have a thousand likes on a post and like no comments or no engagement. For sure. I say all the time, if I had a million followers, I would literally have a panic attack because that to me just feels so overwhelming. (laughs) I'm sure you evolve with it and you grow into that, but I would so much rather have a really tight knit community that I know is getting a lot out of the content that I'm sharing than be worrying about how many followers I have or how many followers such and such has versus me and, and all of that. It is really interesting. And I think we've been conditioned into really fixating on that. Even where you said you prefer quality over quantity, I love your interpretation of that in that you want to make sure that it's connecting with your people versus sitting and worrying about whether it's good enough to post in terms of like, I know that that quality aspect can freak people out because they think, oh, but it has to be high quality. How do I know if it's high quality? Well, you don't know until you post it and you get feedback from people about how they felt about it. Even then, based on the algorithm, people might not have even seen it. So you can't even really go off of those vanity metrics anyway. 
because it could just be that the time you posted it was a time that nobody was online and nobody saw it. You can't know for sure. That's it's so interesting that you just said that about how people think about the quality and everything has to be super high quality. Cause I used to be the same way. I was a bit of a perfectionist when it came to my content and what I was putting out there. And that held me back and actually building my audience and increasing visibility and getting to know my audience. It's actually funny because I think this year so far, the best performing posts on Instagram have been ones that I have not planned at all. They've been ones that I've just opened up the Planoly app while I've been trying to fall asleep and not able to fall asleep. And I just use the voice to text to basically speak the caption. And those are the ones that have way outperformed the ones that I put so much time and energy into. It's fascinating, isn't it? That happens all the time. Oh, that was a random thing that I just put up versus, oh, I spent four hours on that carousel. It didn't do as well as I thought it was going to. And it is, it's really funny that once we take ourselves out of it, this is something that can be a massive strength for introverts and also something that can get in our way of being internally focused. We can also sometimes use that to overanalyze and overthink everything, be thinking about ourselves and the really important thing to do is to actually try and take ourselves out of it and let go of that attachment to the outcome and think like, what do my people need to hear today? Just like you said in that example, when you're in a stage or a state where you're actually just in your most natural state, like when you're going to sleep or when you're out for a walk, I find this all the time. I'm out for a walk and I have all my best ideas when I'm out there because you're not sitting trying to Think about what you should post and instead you're actually just being the ideas and the energy and all of the things that have been going on or you've maybe observed and not necessarily noticed are all there just ready to move through you when you're not trying to think the answer out or trying to think the caption out. I love that. Yeah. All of my best ideas come when I'm trying to fall asleep at night. It's so funny that you say that. It's so true. I think that uh, it could be a lot of people, but especially introverts have a higher percentage of having this happen where they're just so focused and feel like they have to be so on and put so much pressure on themselves to get everything just perfect. And then it's when you're relaxed, like when you're at walking or in the shower or <laughs> trying to fall asleep that your brain starts to actually come up with ideas and start thinking about your audience instead of getting stuck in your own head. Absolutely. It's like when we sit at the computer and do our content for the week or whatever that might be, it almost puts a cork in the flow because we're just like, no, now is the time I must think of this thing. And it's like when we go and step away for a minute, we take the cork out and then the thoughts and the ideas and the energy can all move around the way that it wants to instead of the way that we've probably been conditioned that we should be working and creating. That actually leads me very well into what I had down as like my next question. What would you recommend for introverts, especially when they're not feeling very productive, they're having a low energy day? When do you know, or what do you think in terms of, should I just take a break and <laughs> walk away from this for a little bit, not forever? I should have clarified that. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, I did. I walked away from my business for three years and helped my partner with his business for a while because I had been following everyone else's strategies and tips and secrets for success and all of that stuff. So I know also that feeling of I'm so frustrated and fed up and I can't see how this can possibly be sustainable for my energy and all of that. So I know the walking away without knowing if there would be a return or not. And people always worry about taking that big break. In my experience, as someone who has done that and came back and was able to do so much better after taking that break, it is okay to walk away. So often, if this is where we're meant to be going, if this is the bigger purpose of the work that we're here to do, that calling will not go away. It will just transform into something else. So if it's what you really, really love and want to do, you will come back, you will find a way back. So the bigger break is also, (laughs) I have experience on that too. But on an energy day-to-day or weekly scale, I have lots of different ways of managing that because I know that growing up being introverted and highly sensitive were treated like a weakness. We're treated like you're not going to survive in the world, basically, if you can't make it through a 10-hour work day without (laughs) burning out. So what we have a tendency to do is that we often will just push through. That's when the bigger burnout comes and the bigger breaks just become the only realistic outcome or next step for us. So that's what my experience was anyway. So actually learning to acknowledge first of all, but also work with the natural ebbs and flows of your own energy. There's all these messages out there that successful people get up at 4 a.m. and start working and I... morning person. I was joking with my partner yesterday that I come alive at 5 p.m. That is my highest energy point of the day. So if I get nothing done throughout the day and I don't turn my computer on until 4 p.m., then it's actually okay because that's how I work best. That is actually learning and understanding your own energy flows. I've also been always a flowy, intuitive person, and this is going to be something more in your wheelhouse probably than mine because I've had to learn how to love systems and having things set up, automations and systems set up behind the scenes that actually support me versus just like, oh, I'm a flowy, intuitive person. I'm just going to do whatever today and then being super unproductive and just disorganized. Having systems that actually support me to be flowy and creative have been a massive one for me. And then I just have a list of low energy activities. If there's days where I still want to get some work done, but I'm just not feeling it and I'm sitting trying to create a script for a video or write social media content or whatever that might be, and it's just not coming. If I still want to get some stuff done, then I have low energy activities. So things that don't require a lot of brain space and creativity to get done. It's really acknowledging like, oh, I've been sitting here for two hours and I'm not actually doing anything. Do I need to get up and walk away and take a break? Or do I just want to put a movie on or a TV show I'm binging and do some messing around in Canva and finding some templates for upcoming posts or doing some admin stuff that doesn't require a lot of creative energy because that can sometimes take a lot 
out of us. Actually, all of the things that I've just said all come back to really knowing ourselves and acknowledging our needs in any given moment and feeling into, okay, do I need to go for a walk? Do I need to just take a break, take the rest of the day off? Do I want to just put a movie on and do something that doesn't require a lot of thinking for me? Asking ourselves these questions and knowing that it's okay, that it might look different from how everyone else is doing business, but how is our business actually supporting our needs? Because there's no point in building a business that doesn't support you, even if it looks really successful because you're so exhausted and you actually hate it. That's my number one thing, like sustainable business in alignment with your strengths and needs, not anybody else's. That's so important. And like you said, what that means is going to be different for everyone. I know for me, one thing that I've learned that I need to do, because I'm kind of the same way. I like to plan. I like to have all of my systems, but I also really like to have the space to follow my energy. I don't want to have to do things. (laughs) So I try to like, if there's something that has to be done on Friday, I'll put it into ClickUp for Tuesday. That way I have a couple days where I can push yeah. it out if I don't feel like doing it until I absolutely have to. And that really works for me because it takes the pressure off of knowing, oh, now I see this is on my day and I have to get it done. And I just don't feel like it. Whereas I give myself that wiggle room and I know that works. I love that. That's such a good idea. And I love what you said about the big break, because I had the same experience. My first business was a jewelry business. It grew so fast, so quickly, and I ended up getting so burnt out that at that time I started to move into services too. So I was kind of doing that part-time as well. And I was like, I can't keep up with making this amount of jewelry. I can't keep up with the business. I'm just going to put it on hold for a little bit because it was always my passion. I mean, I had that business for 12 years maybe. And then I was like, I'll just put it to the side and I'll still do what I feel like and come back to it. And I never did. I ended up selling the business after eight months of letting it sit. And I discovered in the meantime that my pull was really to services and then eventually to coaching and helping other entrepreneurs versus continuing to run my own jewelry business. Yeah. Isn't that interesting how we can love something, but it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be the financial part of our lives, the the business part of our lives. And it's so interesting too, because nobody in my real world is an entrepreneur and everyone I would talk to about it, or I would say like, yeah, I'm selling the business or I haven't made any jewelry for five months now. And they're like, oh my gosh, why? Like you were making so much money. You achieved your dream. What are you doing? And I'm just like, Yes, I achieved my dream, but it came at such a cost on <laughs> my mental health and my well being. It just wasn't sustainable, which is why I love that there's people like you out there and that sustainability is becoming such an important thing. And people are talking about that more because it's so essential. Oh my gosh, so much, especially because so many of us have come up through the messaging of the hustle culture of online business. And I just think it's so important. I don't know if this is an introverted thing, but I do know Susan Cain talks about it in quiet that we're not necessarily as motivated by external rewards. 
So things like, oh yeah, it's making lots of money, but I'm exhausted. (laughs) Unless it's when we're in our truest selves of honoring what we need versus worrying about what other people might think or worrying about, oh, well, if I, which is a very real worry of, oh, well, if I stop doing this, how will I make money? Because this is my primary source of income. But when we actually come down to the heart of it, so often we're not motivated by, oh, it grew really fast. I made lots of money. And, oh, I've got however many thousands of followers here. I can't give up this platform. And actually it being about, well, how do I feel internally about this? And not caring so much on those external metrics, which means that there has to be a deeper purpose and passion and love behind it. Because we do have to do things in our business that require a lot of energy from us. Marketing in its own self, especially when you're in launch mode and doing things like you do, I know with your summits and things, but even podcasting and that requires energy from us that we have to love it in order to be able to go, yeah, I'm willing to commit this amount of energy to that launch, to that event or whatever it might be. It has to be more purposeful and fulfilling for us because so often the external metrics just don't really motivating enough. (laughs) That's interesting you say that too, because as you were talking, it made me think of how I am with launches. It's like, there's two sides to it. I want to plan ahead of time. Like I love the planning, but then as my team is asking me about next month's launch, I'm like, I don't know what it's going to look like. It depends how I'm feeling energy wise in the weeks beforehand. And I can create these plans, but am I going to have the energy when it comes down to it to actually implement them when it's go time? I'm not sure. That's why I like to have plans, but they're never set in stone. I like to be able to keep things fluid and follow the energy as I like to call it. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of that. I know a lot of introverts as we're talking about social media and marketing. And I know I've talked to quite a few people that they really struggle with visibility in terms of marketing. Like they want to get more visible with their business, but they have a fear of putting themselves out there as a personal brand more than a business. I'd love to hear your thoughts around anyone who is struggling with that because I know that's a big issue with a lot of introverts and I've definitely been there too. (laughs) It's so funny because when I was starting my business, my coach at the time, I said this exact thing to her that I was scared of being seen, but also at the same time, scared of not being seen. She kind of lovingly laughed and said, that's hilarious because that is so, that just doesn't make sense at all. At the time, I was like, yeah, you're right. That is absolutely ridiculous. But the more that I've worked with introverts, of which she is not, I have realized that it is, it's a really real fear or thing that we're thinking about. I think a lot of it comes down to the energy behind it, right? In that you are creating something, you're putting your heart and soul into it because we're never going to do anything surface level. You're basically, especially in a personal brand and a solo kind of business or a business where you're the face of it, you're serving yourself up on a platter saying like, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. For a lot of us, I think we might've grown up feeling like who we are isn't enough. We don't fit in or whatever those things might be. I know that's definitely been my experience. 
So the putting yourself out there in that way, if you have stuff that you haven't healed from and worked through, does create visibility stuff. I have definitely spent probably the last five years plus working through unhealed childhood trauma that was coming up and being activated by me having to put my work out, share, celebrate successes and be seen and be visible. So I think it's really important to actually work through stuff that starts coming up because our businesses are so personal and they just are going to require a level of healing and personal development in order to be able to keep evolving and growing as our business does and as our reach and visibility does. So I think that's a really big part of it, just actually acknowledging that stuff if we have it. And I think the other thing is going to come back to what I said earlier about the idea of if I put this out, there might be a hundred people that don't agree with it or don't like it or don't resonate with it, but there might be three people that really do. I don't know if this has been your experience, Tara, but it has definitely been mine that like I'm not trying to please everybody. I am not Oreos. I don't have global mass appeal based on who I am and based on what everything really. At the end of the day, putting content out and sharing who we are and sharing little pieces of ourselves, but mostly our mission, our vision, our values, the things we believe in and are passionate about is going to naturally align and attract with the people who are most likely our people. So we can worry about, and in this day and age, the people who will hide behind anonymous profiles and just be trolls. And there are people out there like that. I personally haven't experienced it, but I know that that's something people worry about. And it's like, what if you could just trust that in putting your work out and your most genuine, authentic way that really is like, this is who I am, is actually going to help you connect with the people that are your people and are most likely going to become clients and that you're most likely going to be able to help and support better because they understand you and you understand them and actually worrying less about these faceless masses of people and really be finding more of ourselves that we can share in a way that like we don't have to air all our dirty laundry. I'm a super private person. I don't share lots of private stuff about my life, but I share stories and parts that I know are going to help me find the people that just go, oh my gosh, me too. (laughs) You know, oh, that's so me. And they're the ones that I know that when we sit down in a coaching session, that there's a shared connection and a resonance there based on all of those pieces. That means that we're going to be able to do really great work together. But at the end of the day, like that is so much more important to me than the 8 billion other people out there that are just never going to work with me or be interested in what I have to say or anything like that is not my focus. I want to focus my energy on the people that I know that I can really support. I know that it doesn't make it easier to be on video or to do public speaking or to do those things that do feel vulnerable and a bit scary. But the only thing that I can share in that way is that practice helps And every time I have to speak in public, I 
spend days and weeks panicking about it and it gets easier, but also that's just part of the process. (laughs) Then you do it and you're like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. I got to be in front of a group of people who now know more of my story and what I have to share focusing more energy on that than the things that we're maybe worried or nervous or scared about. That was super helpful. I love everything you said there. And I think one of the most important parts, at least for me and what I had to learn was about self-acceptance and accepting the fact that you're not going to be for everyone. And it's okay, especially if you're also a bit of a people pleaser, which I do tend to be, and it's always going to be a work in progress. But I had to do a lot of work and I think a lot of people might have to do this kind of work where you have to be okay and know that you don't have to be for everyone. Again, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. I think focusing in on those one-to-one connections, that's really going to be the key to growing your business, scaling your business and increasing visibility as well. And doing it in a way that is sustainable and more introvert friendly because it's not necessarily about the millions of people. It's actually, oh, you know what, this is more sustainable for me and much more quality, but also refined way in terms of, oh, I'm not trying to speak to a million people. I'm trying to speak to one person, but that one person is actually lots of people who have shared lived experiences and ways of showing up in the world, likes and dislikes and challenges and all of those things. I think when we do it like that, that just takes so much of the overwhelm out of it as well. I feel like that's key for anything in business too. I always come back to Instagram and engagement because that's where I tend to struggle the most. I find that I have a love-hate relationship. It's either I'm all in and I'm very active and engaging every day and I'm loving it. Then I just fizzle out and I have to take a break. I totally understand that. This has been an awesome conversation. I always love chatting with fellow introverts who get it and feel the same way as me. And as a lot of my audience does as well. So I know you have a free Facebook group called, I have it up because I'm about to request to join (laughs) the introvert friendly business Facebook group. And we'll have that link in the show notes for everyone to join. I know there's not enough introvert Facebook groups or communities out there. There should be way more. Or I feel like the ones that are have got like 40,000 people in them as well. That can get really overwhelming. There's a lot of people just trying to get clients and things in some of those bigger ones. So it can get a bit overwhelmed by those. Yeah, that's not very introvert friendly. (laughs) I've been in some huge Facebook groups or even mastermind calls. Even if there's more than like 10 people, I can shrink to the back. And that's such a good point about the group to have a smaller, close-knit group that's engaging. You're all introverts. You all understand similar struggles. So thank you so much for being here. Was there anything else that you wanted to share with the audience? No, I don't think so. Thank you so much for having me and for the amazing questions. I've loved chatting to you today about all things introvert, marketing, visibility. It's been wonderful. Yeah, this has been such a great conversation. You're so easy to talk to too. I don't know if it's because We both have the same introvert energy, but it's like, this has been the most naturally flowing interview that I think I've probably done so far. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much.
So we will have all of your links in the show notes for anyone listening. If you want to reach out and connect with Catherine, you can connect with her on Instagram, her website, and we're going to have a link to her Facebook group as well for you guys to join. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at introvertpreneur.com and at theterrorread.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.